Hello, my name is Edgar King and I am the lead pastor of Trinity Vineyard Church in Akuru. I am so grateful that you are um, tuning into our podcast today. Head over to our Facebook page and see some of the information that you may need if you're in Akuru and you'd like to join us. Nonetheless, we will still be on live for those who are unable to join us in person. Thank you very much. I hope this uh, installation of talks today will be a blessing to you. wow when I stand up here. Somebody joked with me about that, wow. But it's true, wow. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I'm so happy to be speaking to you today. My name is Joy and I am part of the team here at Trinity Vineyard Nakuru. And we are continuing today our series on the big story of the kingdom of God. The big story of the kingdom of God. We have been looking at all of the different stories that Jesus told about the kingdom of God, it was one of the biggest things that he wanted us to understand. What is the kingdom of God? How are we a part of that? And the thing is, the kingdom of God is a story that started right at the beginning of time. The kingdom of God was talked about a lot more when Jesus was on the earth. He talked about it a lot. But it has been a story that started from the beginning of time. And when we know God, and when we enter into relationship with Jesus, it becomes our story. We all have a story. We all are walking out a story in our lives. And what we have been looking at is, what does our story look like in line with the story of the kingdom of God? How are we walking out the story of the kingdom of God in our own life. God is inviting us to that. He is inviting us to be present, to be present in his story. The story of the kingdom of God is also our story when we know Jesus. And we were talking last week about how sometimes the story of the kingdom of God, we can actually feel like it's foolishness to the world around us. Some of the values, some of the things that we will be stepping into, that we will be believing, that we will be allowing to be present in our life, some of these things will not make sense to the world around us. Sometimes they will not even make sense to us. Sometimes we won't even understand, what am I doing? What's happening here? Does this even make sense? But yet, when we understand the fullness of what God has given us, when we understand the fullness of what he is inviting us into, we realize that it's more valuable than anything else we could ever want. It's more valuable than anything we could ever need. And we were learning last week about the story of the the pearl of great price, this pearl that this man found, and he was like, you know, this is everything. This is everything to me. We were learning that that is like when we discover and understand the kingdom of God. Suddenly, we think, this is everything. I don't need anything else. I don't mind what comes or goes in my life. I need this. And the kingdom of God is a kingdom full of blessing. It is a kingdom full of blessing. We might give up the things that we maybe don't fully understand, or we might have to give up some of the things that we really thought were important. 
But actually, when we come to understand the fullness of the kingdom of God, we realize it is full of blessing, of heavenly blessing. That's what I want us to look at today. Sometimes, the kingdom of God can seem like a very upside-down kingdom. And today's talk will be the one with the upside-down kingdom. This is what we will be looking at, the values, the structure, the way Jesus spoke about his kingdom. Because Jesus is the king of his kingdom. And it's his reign, and it's his rule in our lives. This is what we're stepping into. This is what we want to understand. This is what we are already part of when we know God. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know God, and if you're hearing a lot of words here that you maybe don't understand, it's very okay. You are so welcome. This is something that takes time to understand, but it's something that God can open our eyes and open our ears to hear and to understand more fully. And you can be looking and saying, what is, what is this kingdom? We will find out today as we journey through Scripture together. Even for me, I'm, I'm journeying today and I'm trusting God to even reveal it more to me as I'm speaking to you. Because the kingdom of God goes on and on and on. It's a big story and it's our story. And God is inviting us in even more today. So I just want to pray that God would speak really clearly. I want to just pray that we would really be able to hear him. It's funny, actually, when I say that, I think God always speaks clearly. I think it's whether we're really in that place to listen. So let me change that. I'm going to pray that we can hear what God is saying really clearly. Let's just, let's just pray and invite God more into this morning. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are in us, that you are with us. And we've felt your presence here this morning in the worship. And we ask for more of you. <laughs> yeah. We ask that you would open our eyes and our ears to hear and to see the things that you want us to see, the things that you want us to hear, Lord. We ask that it won't be about us. I ask that it won't be about me but that it would be about you and your word, Jesus. Your word to us as a community and to people around the world, God, that are tuning in. Come, Lord Jesus. We invite more of your spirit. We thank you that you speak. Let nothing be blocking us from hearing you right now any blockages, any distractions, anything that's coming to our mind right now, we lay it down because this is the real deal, God. This is what you have invited us to, is to understand your kingdom, Jesus. And we want that. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, way before Jesus came to the earth, there was a man called Moses. And Moses used to go up on this mountain to speak to God and to hear from God. He was a chosen man of God. And in those days, before Jesus had come to the earth as a man, Moses would hear from God in a different kind of way. And one day, he was up on this mountain. And the people were at the bottom of the mountain waiting to hear what God had to say to them. And Moses wrote this letter 
It was like on a stone tablet, and he was just writing down the things that he was hearing God say. And it was some of the things, some of the values that God had for his people that he wanted to teach them. We call it the Ten Commandments, and you can read more about that in Exodus 20. But the point that I want to make is that it was a letter. Sometimes people call it the letter of the law. And it was God explaining to his people who he was, explaining to them the story that they are in. But it was, it was written like a letter, and it was brought down to the people, and people began to understand, okay, this is who God is. These are the things that he wants from us. These are the things that he sees as important. And when we are entering into a story, we have to understand what the story is, you know? You can't say, I want to be part of that story until you know if it's a good story or if it's a bad story, if it's a story that you really want to be in or not. And when we begin to understand the story of the kingdom of God, we begin to realize, oh, I really want to be part of this. This is different to anything I've heard anywhere else. And so we need to understand the depth of the story of God in order to really understand our faith and our lives. Because sometimes we will be facing situations that seem like, is this really what God would be allowing? Is this really what God would be doing? And sometimes we can actually run away from our faith because we don't understand. Or we can doubt and we can have fear. But when we truly understand what God is saying, it will change us. And so even in those days, God was trying to speak to his people and say, this is what I'm like. This is who I am. These are my values. But you know the difference between a handwritten letter and an in-person visit. You know the difference between reading something and understanding it, but still having this a little bit of distance. There's a difference when somebody comes in person. There's a difference when somebody comes and you see everything about them, and you see the way they act, and you understand their story, you know? Sometimes the first time you meet somebody, you go away and go, wow, they have a really interesting story. They have a really interesting way about them. The way they do things is different. I think it's part of their story. And so when Jesus came, when Jesus came as a man, many years after Moses had brought those people that letter, people began to think, oh, there's something different about this man. Even in some of those letters that they had received, words from God in the old times, old days, they actually began to get these words about there's going to be somebody come. There's going to be a king come. And his kingdom will be different. His kingdom will change the way everything goes. And so you can imagine, if you were those people, you would begin to think, gosh, is this, is this man who speaks with authority, could this be Jesus? Could this be the man that was written about all those years ago? Could this be the man that we have been waiting for? And some of them, particularly his disciples, they knew that this guy was not just a normal guy. They called him Jesus from Nazareth, Nazareth being one of the lowly towns, not one of the really famous places, one of the lowly towns. But yet they knew, but this guy is God in the flesh. This guy actually has come, and God is in him, and he is God, and he is speaking his word to us. So you can imagine if you thought about somebody like that, you would want to hear what they had to say, wouldn't you? You would want to hear, okay, so what's he going to tell us, you know? 
And I sort of started thinking, I wonder what they expected, you know? At that time, the government there, the Roman government, was oppressing the people. There were difficulties. Taxes were high. Things were really hard. I wonder, did they think, oh, maybe he's coming to overthrow all of that. Maybe this guy is going to completely change all of this and our lives will be different. Maybe they thought, maybe he's going to come and feed all these poor people that we don't know what to do about. We feed one, then there's another one, and another one, and another one. Maybe they had all these ideas about maybe he's going to come and he's going to make us all rich. You know, maybe he's going to give us all the things that we've always wanted. I doubt that they were ready for the reality that Jesus brought to them when he stood on this mountain. They knew this man is standing on a mountain and he has something to say to us and he's going to teach us more about his kingdom. When he walks around and says, the kingdom of God has come near to you, we want to know what that is. We're confused. We want to know. He looks like a normal guy to us, but he has something to share. And so this is what I wanted us to look at today, the things that he said, the things that Jesus said, and the way that he described his kingdom. There's a guy called Matthew who was there at the time. He was one of Jesus' disciples. He was a tax collector, so not everybody was his best friend. But Jesus called him. He wanted him. He chose him. And he writes an account of what Jesus said. So Jesus is up on the mountain with his people, and he says this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. These are the kind of people that Jesus says are blessed. It's an upside-down kingdom. It doesn't make sense in the world's eyes. I believe people would have been standing there, maybe a bit like us, maybe some of us haven't heard this before or are hearing it for one of the first times. Blessed are the poor in spirit. When you feel like you have nothing left, when you feel like your spirit is empty, when you feel defeated, when you feel low, Jesus calls you blessed. And he doesn't just leave it there. He doesn't just say, blessed are the poor in spirit and leave it all as a mystery. He then says, because yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. When is the last time you saw somebody mourning 
and you looked and said, ah, they are blessed. I've, I've never done that. I've never, ever done that. But yet, that's what God says. Blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because they will be comforted. When there is a space in them that nobody can fill, that is where the kingdom of God can come in. That's where the comfort of God can come in. In a way that we've maybe never even known. I believe there's more depth to that than we could ever even know. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are those who have a desire for something, who have a dream. And they don't just go pushing doors and trying to do everything to get it and striving. They wait. That's my interpretation anyway. They sit back and they say, I'm meek. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be where I am. I'm just going to submit to what's happening. I know that God will hear me. I know that God sees me. I know that God cares about me and the dreams that are in my heart. I know that God cares about everything that is in me, but I'm not going to do things the way the world does them. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be submissive because God says, I will inherit the earth. We'll inherit the earth. Not just a few little things that God wants to give you. You will inherit the earth. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what that means. But it's powerful. And it's life-changing. And it causes us to see things in a different way. It's not wrong to push doors. It's not wrong to have courage and confidence and try for things. But it's from what heart are you doing it? From what place in your heart are you doing it? Are you doing it from a meek, submissive, and mild spirit that is saying, God, whatever you have, I trust you. You've said, I will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I like this because it also means that we're to desire and hunger for good. It doesn't just mean we're these people who sit back and go, oh, let the will of God be done. We're to hunger and thirst for things to be different. When we see oppression, we're to be hungry and thirsty for it to change. That isn't what God's talking about when he says meek. He's also talking about hungering and thirsting for the right things. But again, from the right heart, in the right way. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because they will be filled. I can't remember when the last time was where I saw somebody saying, I want to change this. I want to see a change. I want to see oppression in this particular area of society change. And I thought, oh, you will be filled. But yet we should, you know? That's what the values that God is telling us. It's upside down. What I would think is, oh my goodness, how is that ever going to happen? We pray for you. But actually God is saying, no, they will be filled. You can hunger and thirst for things to change because you will be filled. Blessed are the merciful because you will be shown mercy. This is the one where you get back what you give. Blessed are the merciful because you also will be shown mercy. Blessed are you when you see somebody that you could have a whole load of revenge on and you are merciful towards them. And then God himself gives you mercy and has already given you mercy. It's understanding that we've already been shown mercy, so we should be merciful. But yet we should still hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's so much in all of this. We should be merciful, but we should still say, God, but I wish that that person would change. Would you show them your kingdom? Would you show them yourself? Would, would you show them how righteousness works? But yet I will be merciful, because you have been merciful to me. Blessed are the pure in heart, 
I really felt this for some people here, I'm not sure who you are, but you will know, that you have been avoiding gossip, you have been avoiding watching things online that your friends watch, you have been avoiding mixing in certain social circles that you know you shouldn't. And I just felt that God wanted to say to you, blessed are the pure in heart, because you will see God. That's the reason that you're doing those things. That's the reason that you're staying away. The world may tell you, oh, what are you doing that for? You know, we're all having fun. Oh, just try it. It's good. It's fun. Oh, just talk a little bit. You know, it's not gossip. And you're actually going, no, I have to stay away from that. And particularly the watching stuff online thing, I just felt like that some people have been really disciplining yourself to do that, to not watch things that you know are not going to be good for you, to remain pure in heart. And God says, you will see me. You will see me. The world may tell you, why are you doing that? Why are you bothering? It doesn't make any difference. But God says, you will see me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for you will see God. You will see his heart. You will feel his presence, but you will actually see him. You will see him. You will know him in your life because of what you are choosing to stay pure from. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are you when there is sort of tension or strife in your social circle. And instead of running to and from and sort of almost enjoying it and finding entertainment in it, blessed are you when you try and make peace. Blessed are you when you listen to both sides and you bring peace. And that's something God can only enable you to do. But the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. When God sees you doing that, maybe nobody else sees you. Maybe an argument just fizzles out like this and nobody knows it was you. God knows. He saw what you did. He saw you making peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are you when somebody hurts and offends you and you don't go running to tell everybody so that they don't like them either. Blessed are you when you make peace, when you speak to that person and when you make peace. And the Bible talks about that. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when your family does not understand your faith. God says you are blessed. How? It's painful. I've never been in that situation, but I know people who have, and it cost them everything to walk away from their families to serve Jesus, to know Jesus. But God says you are blessed because yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute, thee, persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. I think that speaks for itself. When God is saying, when you are saying things about God and people are saying, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, when people are even trying to convince you that this faith is not legit, when people are trying to convince you, no, that's not true because of this, 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 and this, and they insult you, rejoice and be glad. Blessed are you because great is your reward in heaven. Jesus had a heavenly perspective to everything that goes on on this earth, and it's the biggest thing that he wants us to understand and to take away from today. It's, it's something that we cannot understand. We have to turn our view. We have to look at things upside down in order to fully understand. 
the kingdom of God and what he is saying over us. Mm. Yeah, so this week, for me, I, I felt very poor in spirit, if I'm honest. Like, that sounds very sort of, that's, that's the right words to say, but basically, I didn't feel good. I had a couple of days where I really felt like, you know, it's funny, God, that you would want me to stand up on Sunday and speak to your people. I, I don't feel like I can do anything. I feel confused. I feel confused by the world. I feel confused in myself. I, I don't know what you're doing. And I was in my house, and in the end, I just thought, I have to get out and go for a walk. I can't, I can't do this. I can't keep going over these same thoughts that I know aren't from God, and I don't like my attitude. And so I went for a walk, and as I was walking, I was just like, God, you know, I was just expressing this all to God. Masks are good for praying and walking. You can, you can be praying under your mask, and nobody knows. Um, and I was just like, God, I really feel just so deeply um, wounded and, and low, and I really can't pull myself out of this, and I don't know what to do. And as I was walking, it took a while, but then suddenly I just felt like God was like, and that's where you find me. And also masks are good because you can also cry under them. And I was like, you know, it was like so mind-blowing to me. Like, okay, so you're saying you're even in this. And he was like, yes, this is where you find me. This is what you're speaking on, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm blessing you through this. I'm blessing you to help you to understand this. When you are low, when you feel poor in spirit, when you feel like sometimes you don't even have to feel emotionally low, just like spiritually, I don't know, I'm trying to pray, it feels like it's hitting the ceiling and coming back down. You know that feeling? And it's just like God is saying, even when that's happening, yours is the kingdom of heaven. And I was like, whoa, I have never understood it in that way. I'm sorry if I seem overexcited, but it was really amazing for me. It's like, how amazing is God that he can allow me to feel that and then actually pour himself into me and say, because this is what you're going to speak, so experience it first. Don't just stand there saying words and you don't know what you're saying. Experience it first. And I started repenting and I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I didn't see this and I'm also so sorry that I felt those things because now you've given me a glimpse of who you are and I actually feel like I can feel your presence again. And he reminded me of this verse in Lamentations 3, 21 to 24. It's actually a few verses. And it was this guy who is in the story of God, but he's again way, way back before Jesus, after Moses and before Jesus. And he was actually really feeling those feelings of just feeling low, feeling confused, maybe feeling burdened. And he wrote this. He was describing all these things he was feeling, much like I was. But then he wrote these four verses that I think capture what Jesus is telling us, even way back then, even way back before Jesus actually explained this more to his people in person. This guy knew the truth. He said, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. And it's that last part that I love. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. 
when we find ourselves in any of these situations, and even, I also want to say, even in joy, even when we are flourishing, even when things are going really well, these things, these things still apply to us, being pure in heart, hunger and thirst for righteousness, being a peacemaker. This isn't about you always have to be low to experience the kingdom of God, because we know the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. We know that the kingdom of God is joy and is blessing and it's what we're talking about. But it's Jesus wanting us to understand it's sometimes an upside-down blessing. It's sometimes a blessing that to other people seem like, oh my goodness, what's happened to that person? Why are things not going well for them? Why are things that should just be going normally suddenly all confused? And God is saying, yes, because mine is an upside-down kingdom. You know, if for now, if I'm standing here and I want to look at something that's upside down, I'm going to struggle to really see it if I stand like this, aren't I? I'm going to have to bend, kidogo, you know? And when I do that, and I can't even do it fully, you know? But, <laughs> but I try to actually see what's going on. But it's a little bit uncomfortable. Hence, I'm not doing it a lot right now. It's, it's actually like, oh, but I don't know how to see that. But I was thinking about acrobats and people that do gymnastics and people, you know, even you probably have those friends who can just flip on their head and stand on their hands and they're fine. I'm not one of those people and I'm not going to attempt to do that right now or this could all go very wrong. But those people actually train themselves to actually be upside down. I felt like God was saying he can actually train us to see things in an upside down way. He can actually train us that when we see somebody who seems like they're maybe just not where they should be with God, maybe they're just like poor in spirit, instead of going, oh, okay, you know, well, let's go to be with the churchy people, we can say, well, actually, which is very wrong, by the way, but actually we can say, what if the kingdom of God is right there? You know, what if the kingdom of God is right in that person's poverty of spirit? When we see somebody being merciful and maybe we think, no, I think you should go and do something about that. I think you should go and retaliate because that's not okay. What if we also say, but what if the kingdom of God is right there? What if where that person is showing mercy, the kingdom of God is right there? And not even what if, but it is. It is right there. This is a big challenge for me, but the next time I see somebody mourning, I want to say to myself, the kingdom of God is right there. That person's going to be comforted. Go there. It's very hard to be with somebody who's mourning. It's very hard to know what to say. But yet God is saying they will be comforted. All of those things, all of the things that we've talked about, we can actually be trained by God and by his Holy Spirit to see things in an upside-down way. To be able to actually spiritually cartwheel and handstand and all of those words that people talk about when they're upside-down, we can actually be doing that and see God's kingdom upside-down immediately. I believe God can open our eyes today to see where there is lack, he's going to fill. Where there is brokenness, he's going to comfort. Where there is purity, you will see God. And all of the other things that Jesus spoke about. I feel like we have a response to this today. I feel like God is inviting us as a community to respond to this in a way that maybe we've never known how before. To respond to need and to things that seem hard in a way that we actually want to jump in and pray, in a way where we actually want to jump in and see 
what God is doing, where we can actually identify his kingdom, the kingdom that Jesus is talking about that is unseen, but that is so real. It's so real. And it's so much more real than anything else we could experience or know. It might seem like foolishness to the world, but yet there is blessing in it. There is heavenly blessing. God is inviting us to a table. We've spoken about this in this series. God is inviting us to a table, to a banquet, where he has everything laid on for us. All we have to do is show up. But yet it doesn't make sense to the world. Some of the things that God invites us into, some of these words, they're not very popular in our culture sometimes. Purity, mercy, righteousness, meek, you know, being meek, being humble. I think I need to use the word humble there. Mourning, being poor in spirit, being persecuted, you know. We always hear persecution and think of the actual, real, like, persecution where Christians are being, yeah, being killed all over the world. But actually, persecution can also mean when people are ridiculing you, when people are giving you a disadvantage because you know Jesus. When they are actually seeing you and saying, ah, that one, when will he ever learn, you know? When will she ever understand that's not real? Even those things, when those things are happening to you, the kingdom of God is yours. And to fully understand what that means, step into that place and ask God, God, let your kingdom come. Jesus prayed, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, even if we don't fully understand the outcome of that and how beautiful and how blessed God is going to cause our lives to be. We can pray, Lord God, let your kingdom come. Let me see your kingdom. Let me see your reign. Let me see your rule. Let me see your kingship in this situation, Jesus. Because that's the thing that's going to change everything. And that's what I've been saying over my own life this week. I've been saying, Jesus, let your kingship be seen in what's happening with me. Like I say, I didn't feel like saying that when I first felt that poverty of spirit. But it's this declaration, Lord, let your kingship be seen in my life. Let the fact that you are king, not anybody else, that you are king over my life, let that be the thing that is seen and known. In whatever situation you are in, let the kingship of Jesus be over your life. So I'm going to invite the band up as we continue this response time. And the song that we were singing this morning, The Blessing, we're just going to have that played and sung over us in this response time because I feel like today... God is inviting us to a response of receiving, to receiving his blessing, because Jesus said, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. You're blessed. Blessed are you when you're mourning. You're blessed. And I feel like he just wants this song to be sung over us. And I also want to give a bit of a background on this song, that this, the words in this song are actually from the time of Moses. They were written in number six. And it's all about the blessing of God being with us. Even in those days, life was not easy for God's people. Sometimes things were hard. And even when things were good, they were commanding and praying blessing over each other constantly. And there's so much in this song, may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children in the morning in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and your rejoicing, because we want to include that, we can experience the kingdom when we are rejoicing. In your weeping and your rejoicing, he is for you. 
And I love that part about he is for you because I believe it really embodies what we're talking about when people don't understand you, when people are insulting you, when people are persecuting you. He is for you. He is for you. And so as we just welcome God in this time, I just want to also invite us to like a form of repentance in a way. I felt like some of us maybe need to repent for not allowing God to write your story, for saying, no, I think I know this part best, but I'm actually going to stay here and actually just you know, be in your story where I want to be, but then there's parts of it that I'm going to write. And I don't know if that makes sense to anybody. It made, it made sense to me this week that sometimes we have to say, God, I'm sorry for not allowing you to have all of this. I'm sorry for thinking that I can choose which part of your story I step into. I actually want to step into all of it. And I actually want you to just take away, like we talked about last week, I just want you to take away and give up. I just want to give up all of the things that would keep me from truly understanding your story, truly understanding your kingdom. And I also feel like there's some people here who you know that when you've seen these kind of situations, you have seen it through the world's eyes. You have seen that if you're being persecuted, you want to run. If you're being made fun of, you want to run. If you are mourning, you actually just want to quit. You just, I don't even know what that means, but I feel like that's for somebody. You actually don't know how to keep doing it. And I feel like God is saying, actually, in the next time you feel like this or the next time you see that situation, just invite my kingdom. Just invite me in. Next time you see somebody that's suffering, understand that's where my kingdom is. That's where you find me.